What's going on? It's your boy Hayes. And before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. And if you have not checked out Disney Plus by now, I don't know what you're doing. Disney Plus is the home of brands like Marvel, Disney, Pixar, and more. On top of that, they have originals like The Mandalorian, like WandaVision, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Plus, they have more coming from the Star Wars universe, from the Pixar universe, everything. Make sure you guys are checking out Disney Plus. And when you check them out, tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I am your host, CEO Hayes. And for any first time, listeners, make sure you're following the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod. You can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Nonetheless, we have a great show planned for you guys this week. I actually have two guests. I have one guest in during the End of Mind of Hayes segment, and that is... Shivani in the building and why this is a special interview for me as you guys know one of my monikers is the red bearded assassin and (laughs) so she has a brand called sweet sugar baby that actually makes the beard oil and beard balm I use every single day so I stand by this product and uh, she also has a podcast self-care after dark she's a therapist so she's it's it's a great interview Uh, she's somebody that I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while and reach out and we finally got her in the building so that is the first segment um Welcome her to the end of mine of Hay segment. And then we lastly, we have um, another podcaster uh, from the 30 pause podcast. And that's Heather Clark is in the building. And we discuss why it's OK to not be where you thought you would be by the age of 30. So two great topics uh, that we're going to be talking about on this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. But, you know, we have to get into that. Right. So we have to jump into that. But before we do that, we have to get into the intro music. So I'm going to catch you guys on the other side of this with Shivani in the end of mine, a hay segment. I'll see you guys right after this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? So, I know I, I call myself the Red Bearded Assassin, and I recently discovered a product uh, by a young lady that has just taken my beard care to the next level. And so, I invited her on the podcast. We have Shivani in the building on the podcast. What's going on? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited. Anytime, anytime. So, um, we got a few things to talk about. First, you are a business owner. I, yes. I, I don't even remember how long we've been following each other before I like found out that you had like a, a, a beard oil and bomb line. And I was like, let me mm-hmm. order it. And I've been addicted ever since. So I wanted to talk to you, at least start off the conversation there. What was it like mm-hmm. starting your own business? Because it's not just beard care, beard oil. Like you have a whole no. skincare and self-care line. And yes. Like, what was it like starting? Like, because most people start with like a product. But what was it like right. having like this whole line of product? And you've added some too. What, what, what's mm-hmm. that like? It's been it's been very exciting. Okay, so the the reason I started so the business is called Sweet Sugar Baby, and the reason I started is because um, unfortunately I became a widow about three years ago, and um, I had two little kids. So at the time they were two and three. Mm-hmm. So you know, kids are on you like white on rice, but when something tragic happens, they kind of cling to you a little bit more. Um, so as the only surviving parent, I was just swamp with trying to figure out how to manage life you know so it was very overwhelming I was stressed out I still had to go to work I still had to take care of the kids and it was just um trying to figure everything out so I needed a way for me to um decompress and for me to take care of myself so that I didn't you know wear myself too thin so um I thought of an idea because I'm like the only time I have to myself is when I'm in the shower and sometimes not even when I'm in the shower because you know kids they they bust in on you you know but but I was like you know (laughs) no shame no shame so I was like you know I'm gonna make some sugar scrubs and I was like this is gonna be a little a little piece of self-care that I can actually engage in on a constant basis for myself just taking a break from reality so I started doing that and my sugar scrubs are really, really nice. So I was like, okay, 
And I gave some out to my mom, gave some to my sisters. And um, I started the business because it just, it made me feel good when I was able to take care of my body, take care of my skin. Um, and then it just kind of evolved. You know, you, you do one thing and, you know, people are like, okay, you got the sugar scrubs, but do you have a face mask? And I'm like, okay, y'all need the face mask. I'm going to make the face mask. You know, then it's like the face scrub, um, the foot scrub, the lip balm, just everything and it it just eventually evolved and you know I had to make sure that I took care of the fellas with the beard balm and the beard oil things like that so it just it evolves you got to go with the flow of things you know definitely and I mean that mm -hmm. that's that's what it really is all about is like you have to be able to to adapt if you're going to start yeah. anything and that's one thing like because I started my own photography business and that's one of the mm. biggest things that, that I had to learn for myself is like you got to keep adapting if you're gonna if you're gonna do something and find new ways to, to add things to it without mm -hmm. necessarily adding a bunch of overhead or stress right. on yourself so um what's what's the product that that you're most proud of or it, oh my gosh you know i i love everything obviously <laughs> um i do love my lip scrubs my lip scrubs are the bomb. I'm growing up. I've, you know, I used to go to the little, you know, hair beauty supply store and get little lip gloss. And so I really just, you know, especially as a black woman love my lips. So my lip scrubs, they exfoliate my lips. They make them feel all nice and pretty. And I have a lip balm that goes with the lip scrub. So I'm just, you know, my lips, they, they, they be popping, you know, <laughs> I, I like that. But then I also do like, um, I have a body oil that I just um, created and it's, it just, it goes on really nice and easy. And when I went to Jamaica, that was, that was the only thing I used and I looked like I was from Jamaica. Okay. So I love the body oil as well. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. And uh, when, when you, when you first, what was the most difficult thing when you wanted to start your own business? Cause like it's, it's, I think it's different for everybody and depending on the industry that they were with, what, what was the, mm -hmm. biggest, the biggest hardship for you? time oh, yeah. time because you know if you're starting anything on your own you have to try to figure out how you're going to make time to one research it to create the products to um test the products out while you're still living the life that you live right mm -hmm. so i'm still working i still have my kids they're you know they have activities i'm still trying to maintain a healthy relationship like it's just literally how do you find time to pursue your passion yeah. that's that's the biggest thing for me at least yeah, and I and I said before on, on the episode that I did before is that if you deny yourself that time, mm -hmm. you're, you're you're really like cutting out like your from your own mental health, from your own growth. Mm -hmm. and everything. So like I know, especially as adults and we have kids and everything, it's easy to think of all the reasons why you're wrong for taking that time for your own self or your business. Mm -hmm. But really, you you owe yourself that. If nothing else, if you don't work, if you work for everybody else and everything, that's all fine. Mm -hmm. But you gotta find time for your own passions and your own desires. Mm -hmm. so. I think it keeps you going too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it kind of it, it, when you wake up and even though you have to go to work, you're like, okay, but I get to do this photo shoot after work. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's like it's a piece of your creativity just overflowing. For sure. So I think it's I think it's cool. For sure. Now, outside of owning your business, your own business, you are creative too. How do you like? Yeah. So, and I don't talk talk to a lot of people who like because I own mm -hmm. my own business, and obviously I'm mm -hmm. a creative too. But like, mm -hmm. people always ask like, how do you juggle all of it? So mm -hmm. I give my answers, but how do you like? How do you find time to create and have a business? You know, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a juggling act, you know, yeah. like, you know, one week you're like, okay, I got three episodes recorded. I'm good. And then in three weeks, you're like, uh, I have nothing ready for the next week, you know, because life happens. So like you were saying earlier, like being adaptable, like, you know, being able to kind of go with the flow at times. Um, I'm trying to work on being like tighter with, with the podcast because, you know, the weeks come by really quick. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're dropping an episode every week, it's like, oh my God, I got to record something. So sometimes I'll try to record when I can, um, but I do try to drop an episode every week, um, no matter what's going on or, you know, how things happen. But I, I try to make the time because when you really are passionate about something, you're going to find the time to do it. Definitely. You know? Yeah. yeah. We find time for everything. And the way that I look at it too is like, I replace yeah. the time that I used to send, sit there scrolling on the internet or, mm -hmm. or social media with like my business and my podcast now like that's what i right. replaced it with and so right. you, you can find time if you're really passionate about it mm -hmm. um 
the thing that I want to ask you is like now with with your children, um, mm-hmm. what what do you think that they've learned from seeing you have your own business? I I don't know how old your children are, but like I have teenagers, so <clears throat> like me doing my like my daughter has picked up on my love of photography, and it's and mm. I didn't I didn't even push it on her or anything. She randomly uh-huh. asked me to if she can have one of my old cameras. And then mm-hmm. now people don't know this, but like every picture that I've posted that has looked professional in like the last six months, my daughter's. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you, you're that, building a legacy for yeah. her and she's following in your footsteps. And it's so funny because I named my photography company <laughs> Legacy Visions and she really has this idea in her head that yeah. she's going to take it over after she gets out of college. Like I posted it. I don't know if you saw it or not, I posted a picture where it was like me in red lighting and it was my mm-hmm. neon sign kind of off, mm-hmm. off kilter. And yeah. I was just in the studio. I was actually putting up a light or something. And she said, Dad, mm-hmm. stay right there. She went and got her camera. And then she, like, moved stuff around. She was like, just stay. Don't move. And she took the picture. And I'm like, I think mm-hmm. that's my favorite picture of me ever. So it's, yeah. yeah. She she has she has the eye. Yeah, exactly. She has the eye. Um, for, for me, I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're just, you're doing what you do, you're in that zone constantly. Um, your kids are around you. So they are going to naturally pick up on the things that you are, that you are doing. Um, you know how it's like, you know, you have the kids that are doing crazy stuff and you're like, well, where's your parents? The parents are doing crazy stuff too. Right. Mm -hmm. So the kids just are naturally, you, they're going to pick up on everything that you do. So I do, my business, my boys have their own business. They're starting to understand the concept of what business means. And, you know, when you build this business, you actually get money from the business. And I have a seven-year-old and a six-year-old. So the seven-year-old will be turning eight in October, but he's very business-minded and he's, he means business. He'll tell you how much it costs and he wants his money right now, (laughs) you know, but, um, I, I used to do like vendor events prior to the um, pandemic. So they would come out to the events and they would see, what it actually means to have your own pop-up shop and what it, you know, they haven't had a chance to have a pop-up. Sh- you know what? Actually they have, there was a kid's event probably two years ago and they had a pop-up shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ran, they ran the business. They were kind of all over the place, but it gave them a little idea of what it means to own your own business. So they have their own little mock-up business. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's good. I, I think it's important for kids to know that there is more one possibility of just going to college because nowadays college may be obsolete soon because the millennials have found a way to um, bypass going to college, get certifications and are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I, I, I want them to be free thinkers and to come up with their own dreams and, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, look, go to college. If Like if you know that something mm-hmm. that's that you want to do needs that degree then go to college right but i also right. told my kids especially my oldest son is he's he's 15 and he's getting closer to getting to that point mm-hmm. i'm like don't be don't feel like you have to go right to college right after high school mm-hmm. take a couple of years if, mm-hmm. if you need it to kind of figure yourself out because i think so many people feel like they have to jump to college they have right to after high school they then mm-hmm. put themselves in debt spending three years just taking meaningless classes before they really know what they want to do. So, yeah. And and honestly, it's when we were in our ages, I'm sure you're in your thirties. I'm in my thirties. You know, it was kind of like, you got to go to college. That was the way to do it. Um, but there I've seen on TikTok so many people that have really, um, found their own niche and they're teaching other people how to do it. And, you know, I have college friends for the boys, so I want them to, understand business if they do want to go into business but i do know that it is multiple ways that they can actually earn money so one of the biggest examples i can because like i own my own photography i do short Mm -hmm. films or whatever i didn't go to school for any of that i Mm -hmm. applied for this job and i i actually i can't say what it is right now Mm -hmm. but uh i applied for this job and um almost everybody else who applied what did go to school for cinematography they went to school Mm -hmm. for filmmaking Mm -hmm. I got it and I didn't go. And it's like, really? Yeah, I'm completely self taught with film. Like, I went to YouTube University. I did work on a. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I, I went to. Um, I, and I, I took Skillshare. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, I just I went out and learned everything my own. And, like, 
now I've I've worked on three different. I've done two of my own short films. I've worked on two other people's films, a documentary, wow. and then I just got hired for something that uh, I'll probably tell you about after we start recording. I don't want to wow. release it yet, but uh, congratulations! Yeah, so thank you, thank you. Um, That's major. Yeah, That's major. And, and uh, like I always tell people, like one of the biggest phrases that I have is like, you have to be willing to bet on yourself. And I think the mm-hmm. thing is that, like, it's funny how. When you're a kid, right, somebody could have given you a box and a bag of Legos and you would have you mm-hmm. figured it out. And mm-hmm. we, we somehow have normalized taking the creativity out of our yes. out of our children as they get older yes. and like try to fit them in a certain box yes. of thinking and way. And like, I think once you get to the point as an adult to realize like, no, that that imagination that I had before as a kid, that's what I should have held on to. And then right. the, the, the sky's the limit when it comes to that. Um, but kind of jumping off that, what do you what do you think is the biggest misconception, both positive and negative, that people have about going into business for yourself? Um, the the negative, the the biggest negative misconception is I, I feel like people assume that you jump in and you're gonna have all these people backing you and it's mm-hmm. just gonna be this wonderful experience. Um the positive is that, you know, people think that um, that you have to have skills or you have to have everything situated before you jump in. So sometimes I feel like I tell people you have to jump off the plane and build your parachute as you go down because you're never going to have everything 100% situated. And a lot of times when, when we do have that idea of I have to make it perfect, it's really procrastination and fear and doubt kind of standing in between us and us actually executing that idea and that plan. It's just kind of like, well, but I'm still trying to perfect it. It's like, you're, you're not going to perfect it. You have to get in there. And you have to understand how the process goes and you have to tweak it as you go. Um, also, the, the the misconception of you're going to have all these people behind you and they're going to be supporting you or the idea that people think that their families are supposed to support their business. Yeah. What I've realized is that if a person doesn't have business experience and has never done a business. They don't understand what really goes on behind business. So they don't necessarily support it. Cause they're just like, Oh, that's another person with the business not understanding that you've put hours in hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars behind your craft. And you would expect that your sister would support you, but maybe they won't, you know, and it's okay. But once you are into business, you're like, okay, I see what you're doing. I appreciate it. I'm going to just buy something just because I understand that you're struggling or that one order could have made your complete day, you know? So that's, that's my thoughts on business. That's what kind of led me to your product. Cause I saw, Mm -hmm. cause we had interacted on Twitter and I saw, Mm -hmm. oh, she got beard oil. Like, let me, let me go on support. Like I said, I'm I'm freaking addicted. But uh, <laughs> thank you. I got Listen, my, I had to do an order for my dad. Like I, like so, yeah. We, that's what's up. Yeah, we I, I appreciate your support. <laughs> and you took a picture of the the product, and I was like, oh, this is not, the lighting was perfect. I was like, that is so. You just you you gave me a completely different take on the product. So I appreciate that that photo that you took as well. That was awesome. Anytime, anytime. I'm glad mm-hmm. you enjoyed it. Um. Now, I want to ask a question because it's something that you mentioned. And if I know we're not actually live, so if I need to cut this out, I can. But um, no, no. um, But you mentioned how you lost your husband, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was that like? Like parenting? Because I couldn't like even though me and my kids, mother aren't together. We were married for almost 11 years. Mm, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine having to explain to them that situation. What was what was that like as as a parent? Well, um, I am I am a mental health therapist, so I deal with tough things. But dealing with things and in, in professionally being able to handle something in a professional setting is completely different from having to handle real life with you in the middle of the emotions and having to explain that to a two and three year old. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, it was rough um, when it happened because it was a sudden thing. It wasn't a drawn out because there's a difference between a quick death in a 10 month, you know, process of a person dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, the process of a person dying, you have more time to kind of gather your thoughts and prepare the family. Um, since it was a sudden death, it was like, Oh, okay. My whole life has changed literally overnight. Um, 
I did explain it to the boys as much as I could. And I, I knew I had to, cause I'm like, you know, we were a two people household. There is no way that you can just after a day or two, it's like, well, where is daddy? What, yeah. what is going on? So I did explain it to them. Um, they didn't understand it to the extent that they understand it now. And even still, they don't understand it that much, but, um, I put them in a, like a therapy group down here. Um, and they've been in therapy in that therapy group since it happened. So for the last three or four years. So as they are growing up, they were able to understand more and process more. And even now they'll ask me certain questions and I'm like, I don't have the answer to that, but I'll let them talk about it. Um, one thing about death is for me, I didn't want their father's death to be, um, like a sore spot, you know, I didn't want it to be, um, discussed in, you know, they mentioned their father and I'm boohoo crying, you know, I, I wanted to be happy. So they'll mention him and I'm laughing, I'm talking, I'm showing them positive pictures and all of these different things, because I wanted his memory to always be an uplifting experience for them. Um, and I always talk about it, but in that instance, everybody don't really talk about death. That's not something that we do as a community. Um, we usually deal with it when it happens and when it happens, it's kind of like a, shh, don't, don't mention that person. Cause you know, that person is going to break down if you know, if you talk about them. Um, so the other people kind of had that reaction around, um, the death of my um, late husband. But for me within the house, we would talk about it, laugh, show pictures. And it was just an uplifting spirit, um, experience. Um, now the boys are well adjusted. It's still, um, it's tough for them. I would, I would assume because they're growing up, they're young men, you know, and they're growing up without their father. But I do have a lot of men in my life that are, they rally around them. They're there for daddy and donuts. So they have a lot of support, you know, it will never be the same, but they do have a lot of support. So it, it was rough. Um, but I think, you know, I handled it as well as I could. I also got therapy as well. Cause you know, um, at my age, at the time that it happened, obviously I'm the only young adult widow that I, that I knew. And I was like, I don't have anybody to help me navigate this part of my life because none of all of my friends were happily married with kids and living their life. And I'm just like, um, I'm I'm a widow now and I am single with two kids and I'm a single mom now. Like it just was a lot of different role changes, um, at once. So it was, um, it was tough for sure. It was tough. What, um, what was the thing that you use? Uh, I, I know you, you said you had to go to therapy, which is mm-hmm. everyone. And I say this to everyone go to therapy. Like seriously, like I, I, me and my therapist, I, I can hug him every day in my life because the fact that I'm, I'm together is a large part in due to him. And I don't, yes. I don't take that lightly. Um, yes. but what are some of the things that you use to center yourself? Like, what are the things when you need to escape? Like for mm-hmm. example, for me, it's me going downstairs in the basement, listening to my vinyls. Like that's like my, mm-hmm. with my glass of tequila and I just, mm-hmm. and I just zone out and have my peace. What's, what's your kind of thing to center yourself? Um, I, I love being outside. So I love just connecting with nature. I love going outside to the park. I like going walking. Um, I love a, you know, nice glass of wine now. That's my vibe, (laughs) you know, it's my vibe. Um, and I, I just, I love going out. Like I, I'm a, I'm a experienced type of person. So I love being out. I love going to brunches and just connecting with people. Um, but the biggest thing for me is just probably being outside, okay. you know, being outside, being in the sun. Okay. Yeah, the mm-hmm. sun, it's funny how like being outside and and it's refreshing to the soul. It like, is. Like, it is. It's like but some of my, especially on the weekends I don't have my kids. I'll throw mm-hmm. some of my camera equipment in my backpack. Mm-hmm. I'll find somewhere to go explore and just be outside. Like it's beautiful. It's like you you just you you're reconnecting. That's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What is something, and this is one of the last questions I ask any other creative or business owner that's on here, mm-hmm. what has being a business owner and a creative taught you about yourself that you didn't know about, that you didn't, you a skill or something that you didn't think that you had coming into it? Ooh, um, it taught me a few things, a few things. One thing that it taught me was um, that I could actually be consistent in doing something. You know, I had 
done like business in the past you know we've all tried our hand at something and just been like ah, i don't do that anymore you know when i started this business i was like if i do this I got to do this, you know, I got to be consistent and I have to show up every single day, whether I'm sick, whether I'm tired, whether I'm on vacation, whether I'm not, I have to show up so um, that I can actually show up for myself and be consistent. That's what one thing that it showed me. And another thing it showed me is that I can actually speak and I am a pretty good communicator in anything dealing with business. You have to be able to communicate. Um, when I was in college, the um, public speaking course was my most feared course, like worse than math. I was like, I don't know. I, I can't talk. I just, <laughs> I, I can't be in front of other people. Um, but as a business owner, you have to connect with people. If you do not connect with people other businesses, just random people on the street, you are not going to get very far in business. Um, and the people that you can connect with um, in business, even if it's not even the same type of business, they can help you in so many ways by, you know, networking and connecting you with other people and you just bouncing ideas off of them. So just my communication skills, they really shocked me, but communication and showing up for myself. Definitely. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's I think a lot of us learn. Like I'm, I always I used to be an extreme introvert, meaning that I do mm. not talk in public situations at all. The fact that like now I've like talked publicly at like festivals and panels and stuff, like wow. I never would have thought that I've been able to do that. So that's definitely what uh, something that I I had to learn about myself. Um, mm-hmm. Next question: every every one I think when you're a creative in a podcast, so you have that mm-hmm. episode that you go back to or that you, when you mm-hmm. listen to you were like okay i'm good at this what was that episode mm-hmm. for you you know what for for me it was my very first episode okay. because when you're podcasting you have to see and you have to think about how real are you going to be with the people you know mm-hmm. are you going to just kind of read the information off and talk to people or are you going to be transparent um, one of my favorite podcasters is um, Tahoe TV. You know, okay. Tahoe. He's yeah. so shameless, hardest off podcast. This man is phenomenal, you know, and to me, he's so phenomenal because he will tell you how he feels. And I'm just it's just he will tell you how he feels. He will tell you the most embarrassing thing that's happened to him. He will tell you when he, you know, was wrong. He will apologize. He will say when he's had personal conflict. And it's really, I really feel like I am, like I I have a view of his soul when he speaks. You know, he's crazy, but I really feel like I am connected to him. And the reason I feel like I'm connected is because he's so transparent with his life. He's not embarrassed about anything. He's like, look, it is what it is. This is what my situation is. And here I am. So when you're, when I started my podcast, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. So um, I did share my story on my very first episode and I was very transparent and it was very scary. And I was just like, Lord, like I'm a press send. And once I press send, that's it, you know? <laughs> but my thing is, and I, and I say this on my podcast, if I am not going to be real with you, there is no point for me to even record. Like for what? For what? You can watch a YouTube video if you want to be entertained by fiction and all these other things. But if you're connecting with me, I want to connect with you and I want to build a community. I want people to know that I am the same as them. When I do my episodes, I am preaching to myself. You know, it's not even on some, you know, talking to them and telling them how to improve their life. Like, I listen back to my episodes like, oh, that was that was good. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not a narcissist, but I'm like, that was that was good. You yeah. know, and it just it makes me feel good. And I'm, I feel good about what I do and what I put out there. So I'm proud of my podcast and my episodes. So, you know, that's that's what makes me happy. But that's what made me feel like, all right, I'm kind of, you know. I do this podcast thing too. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't mention my podcast. It's called Self Care After Dark, and it's on every streaming platform except Pandora and all those things. But it's on the major Apple and Anchor and Google and stuff like that. So 
y'all definitely need to check it out because it's it's an amazing podcast and i'm not thank you you know i've been supportive of you you have listen you are there (laughs) you are there and i appreciate you so much i really do thank you yeah i mean hey it's honest and i i try to listen to anytime a new podcast starts. i try to listen Mm -hmm. to most that come across me at least for a couple episodes to see if i mm-hmm. if i can rock with it but i really do mm-hmm. really really do enjoy your podcast thank you i appreciate it um, thank you but that's it i got i got nothing that's else for it. you that's it that's it that's it i just wanted to have a conversation with you this was nice <laughs> i like this yeah, we're you know? to do this again next time we're gonna have to get deep listen i'm i'm ready because i can get deep i i i really enjoy getting deep but i do enjoy laughing and just because life is so serious yeah but i do sometimes we do need to take it there you know and and in a lighthearted, relatable type of way but sometimes we got to get a little deep you know especially you you, i think you saw my video from my last episode i i got some people Mm -hmm. in their feelings because i got a little real about this podcasting game so it was nice yeah. to just have a conversation, you know. People. Yeah. But hit dogs bark is what I say. So I just leave it at that. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's a, it's a podcast community. It's supportive. It's great. I hop in and I hop out. Yep. Like, you know, it's, I don't have time for the drama and the little, you know, people be like, you heard about that? And I'm just like, I had no idea. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're good. Yeah, and I think you for know? me, like I used to, when I first got into the community, I was like, I used to stay on top of that type of stuff. But now it's like, mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have time. I'm not in any drama. I ain't got time no, for nobody else's no, drama. I'm no. here to build. I'm here to collab. I'm here to connect. If y'all want to do some work, let's work. All that other let's stuff. Go. I ain't got time. Right. For so. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. But give them your social media so they can go ahead and follow you and everything. Okay. So I am on um, Instagram. You can follow my business. It's Sweet Sugar Baby, and that's sugar without the R. Um, I am on IG, um, Self Care After Dark podcast. On Twitter, I am Self Care After D1. And on Twitter, I am One Sweet Sugar Baby. Uh, you can find all of my skincare products on sweetsugarbaby.com. And you can tune into my podcast, Self Care After Dark podcast, on all streaming sites. Y'all better go and support her. I'm going to be checking me. in. Go and support. Go, <laughs> if, if you're bearded, go and buy the beard oil. I Period. can attest to that. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys go and support. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yes. Anytime. We got to do this again. Yeah, definitely. This is fun. Definitely. This is fun. Thank definitely. you so much. Um, from 30 Paws, we got Heather Clark in the building. What's going on? Um, it's all happening. There's it's, a lot going on. It's all happening? Yeah. What's it all? What's all? That's one of my favorite lines in a movie called Almost Famous. Mm. And it's just, to me, it always holds true. Like, it's all happening. Okay. World, things, life. Like, life. it's all happening. Okay. You ever see that film? Uh, I don't think so. Please. Mm. So good. Okay. Cameron Crowe. Well, classic. <laughs> You are the host of Thirty Paws, which is mm-hmm. a great name, by the way, a very marketable and trademarking trademarkable name. Uh, the Thanks. fact you need to get merch out there. I'm just, I know. I'm gonna I'm be on your ass out. about I'm... it. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I wanted to have you on. I wanted to have you on before, but like the just the title of your podcast brings so much conversation we can have built around it. Mm-hmm. But first, we got to get to know you. Like, what sure. made you start Thirty Paws? So I lived in Florida for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So grew up in Ohio, lived in rural Ohio, and then I wanted to move. And so I went to college and moved to Florida. And then after I graduated, I just stayed there. And I think I, you know, I had really no direction after a while. I was like, I don't really know why I'm staying here and I'm not close to family. And there's nothing here that's really like making me stay here. I think Mm -hmm. I was just being comfortable, Okay. you know? And then, so I decided to move back home. And um, I think when I the pandemic started and, you know, I'm getting acquainted back to like just being close to family again, being in the Midwest and all of that. And I just wanted to start something creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of my network, all of my connections, everything I've ever known was 
in Florida. Okay. And not not here in Ohio and Indiana. So I was like, I'm just gonna I need something creative. I'm like, I felt trapped in a way. So I started the podcast. And I started it because I would joke with my friends all the time, like, after thirty, like shit gets real. Like yeah. after thirty, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Redirect. Like I need to pause. I need to think about what I'm doing. So that's kind of the play on words. Of course, like I'm not going through menopause, obviously, a bit too mm. young for that. But it just did like a little play on words of like being 30, needing to take a pause in my life and kind of redirect, but also just knowing that it just kind of rung. Makes so sense. It stuck. Makes yeah. sense. So you, as you said, you've, you've been a dancer. Mm-hmm. You've, you're an actress. Yes. You're a personality. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you need your own talk show. I would uh, love it. But uh, what does, um, like, how was that for you mentally having to go from living in Florida and building mm-hmm. yourself and everything to es- essentially go back home? Yeah, it was a total like mental pivot, uh-huh. not only physical pivot, but like mental pivot too. I mean, being 30 something and living in your mom's basement is not the most ideal thing. Yeah. Or it's not something you've always imagined for yourself, mm-hmm. right? But it's humbling. And also, it just, Gives me the opportunity to think, well, shit, there's a lot of people that don't even have this opportunity to do this, you know? That's true. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have their parents or just don't even have the means or whatever their reason is, they don't, they can't, they can't do that. And I was yeah. able to do that. So I realize like just the privilege within being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't easy, especially because I moved December 2019 and then March 2020 COVID happened, you know? Yeah. So not only am I like trying to find a new job, I'm trying to just get acquainted back in with the Midwest, the cold weather, all of that. And then on top of it, the world shuts down. Yeah. So (laughs) so I was like, oh, great. Like I finally got a job and then I couldn't didn't have a job for a while, obviously, because of COVID. So mentally, I was kind of all over the place. And I think that's where. I'm constantly um, just kind of joking about being on the emotional roller coaster. Okay. So on my episodes and stuff like that, like we have major highs and major lows. So mentally, it's just been that, like highs and lows <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's life. It's a ride. And I, and I think too, when we when we learn that the lows aren't the end, like yeah. it's some, sometimes when you're caught in, you feel like it's the end of your world, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really not. Like, it's re- yeah. At all. Um. But that's awesome. That's awesome. What uh when you when you decided on doing a podcast, which, you know, for somebody of your talents, it makes sense to do a podcast. Like, mm-hmm. there are people a lot less, with a lot less personality and talent that do them, so it makes yeah. sense. But um, when you were settling in, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to actually do this podcast. Yeah. Um, How did, like, because being an actress, I would imagine, like, there's so many different angles you could have went from it. Mm-hmm. So did, did were you ever tempted to do a character, or was it always just going to be Heather? Um, no, I intentionally chose it to just be me Mm -hmm. um, because that's challenging for me to just be me. Okay. You know, it's so easy to be someone else for me. It's so easy to play someone else or to get into the mind of someone else and analyze them because Mm -hmm. it takes the pressure off of you and your like, I don't know, maybe like backtracking of choices and things like that Uh and then over analysis and very good at that so um so yeah so i did it i chose to really focus on me and like my whole personality i guess you would say and journey and i think there's a lot more women like myself out there i just didn't really know them or see them or maybe follow them Mm -hmm. um and then you know i've discovered there are some you know through the podcast that are very much like myself or we definitely have some similarities you know for sure yeah so i made it about me which sometimes (laughs) i really regret but that's just you know that's just what i decided to do just for the challenge of it all for sure and i think women are a lot more vocal about that change from 20s to 30s than Mm -hmm. men are but have you found that have any men reached out to you and been like okay i really i really needed to listen to this this is i've had a handful okay i mean honestly i'm gonna be really real men aren't really my demographic and i'm okay with that too as with me but like also i love that when I hear, oh, I listen to it. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, my in my mind, I was just like my demographic were like my friends, yeah. you know, and I have such 
amazing, talented, diverse group of friends. And so for me, I was just like, I just think of like I'm speaking to my friends rather than speaking just to like a broader audience. I really know who my audience is. And I love that because a majority are women Mm. and I'm a feminist, hardcore. So for me, I'm just like, I love that. I feel like women who share stories are women who are able to just kind of open up and be more self-accepting and confident and all of those things. So really femmes, women, people who identify as such and things like that, like that was for sure my demographic. But when I do have a male listen, um, specifically a straight male, to be mm. really real, there it is nice because they do have 30 pods moments too. Yeah. So I do feel like the more I record and meet people listen, it is a universal message, which I didn't think it was. I didn't, it's not that I didn't think it was. It was just like, I just didn't think they'd listen. Yeah. It you makes know? sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Completely. You never know who's going to listen. And then that's facts. even even if necessary, like for me, I know when I started listening, it, it was not just because I related, but also to understand and hear what women go through. Because as men, yeah. very often, like I think both sexes, we don't always understand what the other side goes through because we don't mm-hmm. always listen. Yeah. And so like listening to your platform for me is like a chance where it's like, I get nothing but information. Shut up and listen. Yeah. And then take it in. And so, like, I think if more people just realize that, you know, it's okay to just be quiet and listen. You don't always have to throw in your opinion or whatever else. Exactly. It makes it so much easier. Well, yeah. And I do have an episode called STFU. Mm -hmm. And it really does talk about just, like, I used to tell my students, I used to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I used to tell my students all the time, especially being middle school and high school. Like, we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. Like, we're supposed to be out here be listening more than we're speaking. And don't speak unless you really mean it, you know? So it's just kind of, it is nice because I do listen to, I mean, just starting this podcast, I've obviously listened to more and more because, you know, I get inspired or I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, we, it's a whole community that was very untapped to me. So Mm -hmm. I'm still learning and discovering what I like, what I don't like and things like that. And just being like with my theater background and acting and things like that, like critical analysis was just so drilled into my training and in my mind that like I love that about myself and that I have that background because Mm -hmm. I really can um, be able to really see both sides in situations. I can really see like, you know, have that feeling of like, you know, what is that saying about shoes or something like, you know, when people are like, uh, you know what I'm saying? What, what is it? What What is the thing? I don't know. Yeah. Putting on their shoes or putting on putting on someone else's shoes. Whatever. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Walk in my shoes. Yes. Yeah. Walk a mile in my shoes. That's what it is. Walk a That's mile in their is. shoes. Yes. Thank you. Teamwork makes the dream work. Listen, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I really, it's nice to just sit back and listen, even if it's something like an episode or a podcast. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be really real, but I'll listen to a few because I'm like, Oh, I never really thought of that, you know? Definitely. So it's just that constant, like, learning mentality, too. The, so yeah. it's it keeps me humble. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So the name of your podcast came up with, like, I wanted to get to know you some and talk about you before we got into this. But the idea of it's okay to not be where you thought you would be by 30. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the thing, the thing that, I, that I always associate that to is that, you know, we have these dreams and ideals of where we're going to be, but a lot of times we grow out of that. So it's not necessarily yeah. a negative. It could just be that you've grown so far from where you are that your mindset isn't even yeah. on what you thought it would be by this age. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of times people beat themselves up not fitting this plan that they came up with. And it's like, you don't even know life real yet yeah to have a plan to really when you think about like I, you set up a plan for your life but I, the way i look at it of course our formative years are just coming into maturity mm-hmm. 20s are really just figuring life out it's really figuring yes. out what it's like to be on your own it's really getting out there and not having the safety net for a lot of us of our parents and mm-hmm. and gaining our own experiences you can't expect that like some people do have it all together by 30 and hats off to those people that do or they think but, they do or they think yeah but most <laughs> people that i know never have it together by 30 they're lucky by 35 40 if they really really have it together and um i just think especially when we live in the social media age where people try to just show the positive the the goodness or portray something that's 
not really how they're living life. Yeah. It's easy for some people who can't detach from that to, to think that they're so far behind their peers when it's mm-hmm. like, you're really not. Well, yeah, I, I, I think in, in my life, I've never been, a, I never really put a timeline on my personal life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was really more like, what am I going to do for my career? How am I going to make money? Who am I going to meet? What are my connections? Like that was really always in the forefront of my mind. I was never one of those women who was like, I need to be married by 27. I need to have three kids by I'm 32. I want to have a house in the, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't really have a strong desire to for that, yeah. for those things. Not to say that I would love to get married one day or not to, you know, not any of those things, but it really wasn't like a true goal. Yeah. I think for me, just the timeline of my life anymore, you kind of just, you know, you think, okay, well, this is where I'm going to be in the next three to five years. And then, you know, the universe laughs and redirects you into what you, where you need to be. Yeah. If anything, in my 30s, I've learned that I'm just, I'm always where exactly where I need to be. Okay. You know? Yeah. So wherever I'm doing whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just consistently, um, Keep it in the forefront of my mind that comparison really is the thief of joy. That is an amazing saying, and that's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So I can go to three, four Gen Z weddings in the past five years and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'd love to. And it's not that I don't celebrate other people's big life moments or successes, Mm -hmm. but that's just like not me. And that's not where I'm at. And that's not where I'm supposed to be. And this is my path. And I think really what started like, me really trying to jump start the podcast and plan was just the turn of the year like my birthday's in january so mm-hmm. for me it's not only like a new year but it's also a really it's a new year for me yeah. too you know um so for me i just think that i when i turned 34 this year i was just like all right every month you're going to dedicate like a list of small goals and achievements that you have and i just got a planner and i started really taking it seriously and writing it down and each month I'm like okay do this on a financial standpoint and Mm. uh, a career standpoint and you know creative standpoint and I just that really helped me like get to my goal of just a launching the podcast and then my thing is and a lot of my creative friends are like this and actors and musicians and things like that is like we're a ball full of talent, mm-hmm. but our consistency is shit. So not speaking for all of them, but for a majority of us, staying consistent was really difficult. And I just thought to myself, for me, I found the method of helping me stay consistent are those monthly goals. Yeah. Not yearly. I hate the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Fuck if I know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can think I, really I know don't. that and it can I change can think tomorrow. I know. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it was just... It was the little things, taking it day by day. It's almost like AA. It's like one day at a time, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how I had to start thinking. And once my thinking changed, then everything kind of started rolling out, you know? And I've been told, you need to start a podcast for two years now. They're like, you got to do it. You're you're a personality. Like, Mm -hmm. I would just be myself, like on my Instagram stories and make people laugh. I love making people giggle. I'd love to have, you know, a a stand-up show one day. I'd love to have just... Just me being me, not really an actor. And and I think, too, like the thing that I know we're, we're talking generally about 30, but I do want to point this out. Like the thing for you that you have the leg up on is that a lot of people like for me, for example, I didn't have any media experience. So like mm-hmm. I had to learn like my style and my delivery and everything yeah. like you come in basically with that. And so that's a that's a great tool that a lot of yeah. creatives, they we have to stumble through and figure out uh, with podcasting. But um, I love your point of like setting monthly goals for yourself, like mm-hmm. the goals thing. And then also like for me, adjusting those goals as the needs dictate and right. change. Like it gives you time, like setting the, the yearly goals, the two yearly, those are all good. But mm-hmm. like the monthly ones are really where the nitty gritty happens because that's where you can make the adjustments and, yeah. and you call all the audibles and you can really see and evaluate um, where you are. And I think too, um, it takes a level of self-awareness mm-hmm. when you're doing those monthly goals yeah. to really sit down and, and look over what you did or didn't do for the past period yes. of time. Yeah. And I think often a lot of people just aren't honest with themselves and mm-hmm. they try to be like, well, I didn't do this, but the only reason I wasn't, no, you, sometimes you just, sometimes you, you don't. And I'm and that's Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. ser- no, and, and that, at least for me, I say that to myself yeah. all the time. I look at this stuff and I'm like, all right, I didn't accomplish this, but I didn't accomplish this because 
I was being lazy. But maybe even in being lazy, it was me just chilling with my kids and watching movies for a day. And that's okay, too. And that's fine. Right. So, like, I don't feel bad about it. Like, I, I earn that laziness. Absolutely. Like, so, me and my kids have lazy days where we'll literally sit in our pajamas and watch movies and make s'mores all day. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't look at that as, a, if mm-hmm. I missed a goal, okay, that's fine. Yeah, the I just put it on children. next month. Yeah. To me, I literally do. I'm just yeah. like, and I didn't do that this month. So we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna take that from July, put that to August yeah. and like get it done. Put a star, a sticker, whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love a stationary set. Um, but yeah, I think that just also um, giving yourself the flexibility. Mm-hmm. By nature, I'm a very adaptable person. Yeah. So I can be pretty much in any environment, figure it out. I'm, you know, like you said, I'm inquisitive. So I will observe, you know, and I'll, I'll then I'll figure it out, you know. So whatever, I love that about myself. But mm-hmm. also sometimes that, um, I, I wonder if sometimes if that leads me to be becoming indecisive mm-hmm. or indifferent or mm-hmm. neutral in situations. But that's on my personal life level you know um but yeah as long as you're giving yourself grace and flexibility you can still accomplish things definitely definitely and the the adaptable thing is something i definitely relate to is being a military brat and living Mm. literally in other countries most of my life yeah Uh, i've had to learn to adapt i think a lot of times people do think that i um i'm indifferent a lot and it's not Mm. it's just the fact that i know i can adapt to anything so right. I try to make sure the people that are around me are involved in it, that they're good first. Because yeah. to me, it's like, I can adapt it. You can put me in any situation. I'm going to figure it out. Right. But I know not everybody has that flexibility. So then when people are like, well, we need you to make a decision. I'm like, well, whatever works best for you guys, let's do. Because I'm going to be yeah. fine either way. Yeah. Um, and I that that's helped and hurt me business-wise. Some with, like, for example, the other podcasts do, the Burks Radio, is that for a long time, they leaned on me to make a lot of decisions for that. Okay. And I had to empower them and. Because, like, Mary, who's on there, she works for Rock the Bells now. She uh, worked for Hot 97. She worked for BET. She's legit in yeah. this industry. And, like, she was deferring to me at one point. And I'm like, look, this is your sh-. Like, I've, I had to empower to basically be like, no, take the reins. Like, feel free. I'm here to help execute. I'm going to be good regardless. And uh, yeah. so that's helped us. It's helped in our business, in our business uh, dealings. It kind of hurt at first because it was like they were so used to me doing everything. That when it came time, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to step back on this. Yeah. I'm gonna, there's three other people on this show. Yeah. I'm going to empower you guys because not because I don't want to do it or I'm lazy, but because you guys are fucking amazing. Well, you're collaborators. Yeah. Yeah. So I think another thing is, you know, I don't I haven't you mentioned before, like, oh, well, you have like the personality and the media training. Mm-hmm. I'm classically trained as a theater actor. I'm, I'm I didn't <laughs> do film. I didn't. I did a few commercials and here and there and stuff and TV like. Very few. Uh-huh. Uh, my comfortability was on the stage. Mm. So um, being able to work with other people and truly be a collaborator is because of my theater training. Mm. So I think that kind of bleeds into my adaptability level. Yeah. That makes, yeah. That makes sense. Because yeah. Especially in like theater, you guys are working off each other and it has to be a synergy There's there. a whole army that yeah. puts it on together, you know, so it and it takes the army of people so if you're not able to work with others you know i used to tell my students if you want to work alone that's wonderful be be a visual artist (laughs) but in the theater and in dance and theater Mm -hmm. we have to work together so if you're not a team player which i really hate that phrase but that's the best one i can think of right now if you're not a team player if you're not a collaborator this Uh is not the medium for you yeah i think everybody has that moment when in their 30s where they kind of, it becomes clear. Like life just mm-hmm. kind of starts making sense. Not saying you necessarily have it all together, but right. it just starts making sense. What was that moment for you? Hmm. I call them 30 pause moments. Mm-hmm. So I think when you start creating um, a lane that's just yours, you know, mm-hmm. um, then that's when you kind of start having those moments. So for me, I've had a few 30 pause moments, like major decisions that I've made, mm-hmm. good and bad that have kind of like led me to where I am. And I'm very thankful for all the bad that, cause then it provided a new perspective when the good was happening for mm-hmm. me too. So I think having the lowest of low 30 pause moment right when I was 30. And then it was really just like a test in the, a testament to my resilience and like, oh, I had no other choice. Yeah. Like get your shit together, figure it out and figure it out on your own. And so it kind of just, 
proved to myself like, oh yeah, I can do this. Like I can, I can do this. Like I'm a hard worker. I'm always been a hustler. I've had two or three jobs. I can teach these privates on this day. I can do, you know, I can figure it out. You say so teach for me, these privates? Private dance classes. Okay, I had to just, I had to, I had to, I had to clarify <laughs> there for a second because I'm just like, okay. Uh, well, that took a turn. Um. <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I like say stuff and people are like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Um, and I, you know, I think like, as you know, I'm always talking to like artists. Mm -hmm. So people would other, you know, they would get that. But yeah, I would figure out, you know, like, okay, cool. I have, you know, and I lived by myself too. Yeah. That was, that was great. I loved it, but it was hard as fuck. Especially because, you know, I lived in Tampa and that city just kept getting more and more and more expensive. So then once I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And then I was like, God, I'm working all the time. Mm -hmm. I was working like an average 65 to 75 hours a week. So I was like getting burnt, you know, and all I did was work and I wasn't having fun. Right. So mm -hmm. I was I was just working to live, you know, and I was like, well, I don't like that. And then I was like starting to not like my passion anymore mm -hmm. which i thought was my passion mm -hmm. so like going to the theater or going to work i'd be like oh. and i never once thought i was going to be like that yeah. but i was right so then that kind of put me in a dark place like depression wise for a little bit and i wouldn't say that i'm a depressed person mm -hmm. but i experience waves of depression for sure okay so when you know when i started doing all i was doing was working home sleep working home sleep i mean non-stop just the hustle was non-stop that's when i was like what am i doing here yeah why am i here why am i in florida it's hot as shit <laughs> it's hot as shit and i hate being hot you know like it was just like those little things like what am i doing here there's no like i need a purpose i'm not really finding it here yeah. so i allowed myself to like take a break and leave knowing that i don't have a job i'm going to live in my mom's basement and because I just needed a break, yeah, you know, I needed a pause, hence the name. So um, that was a huge moment for me. And then when I got there, pandemic and all of that happened. And I thought to myself, I'll be at my mom's place for a year. Mm. It'll just be a year. I'm going to get a job, stack some money, pay some shit off. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll go to New York. Maybe I'll, you know what I mean? Like, I'll figure it out after that. Well, then the pandemic happened and <laughs> life happens and yeah. you know what I mean? So it's all it's it's just funny. I had those plans and I had those moments. But then really after this past year turned around, I was just like, I have to I have control. I have a lot more control than I think I do. Mm -hmm. So that's when I just really started breaking down and starting 30 pause and actually doing it. OK, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I figured Look, out I'm I'm resourceful under pressure. Look at God. Hey. <laughs> yeah. We are not aligned or what? Okay. I like your little pillow on your chair. Dang. 30 30 pause. 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I for I, it was very I had a very similar time period and I think I've mm -hmm. talked to you about it before where I had been doing I had been an investment specialist and working with the stock market for close to 11 years. Yeah. And I was amazing at it. When I when I first started there, I started as a regular just account service tech. And then I really took the finance, took my Series 7, and I just kept advancing throughout it. And I stayed doing it for a long time because I was really good at it. Mm -hmm. I was making great money. Mm -hmm. And I let the money keep me happy for it for a certain for a certain amount. Literally, it was, it was like clockwork. I woke up one day. I was locking into work. And I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, at all. And yeah. it's not it, like I said, it wasn't the money, it wasn't my position, it wasn't the people I work for necessarily. It was just like, this isn't it for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it also coincided with the anniversary of my brother's death. Uh, he was murdered. He was my cousin, but we were raised together, so it was like brothers. Yeah. And uh, it was a couple of days after the anniversary of his death, and I was just like, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And I think for a while there, especially like while I was still married and stuff, like just coming to of like saying I'm not happy, making a lot of money, just wouldn't have. I didn't think it would have worked. Yeah. So I think like it, it like that's why I never really slowed down to think about it. But then I applied for a job and two days later they hit me back. And then I had an interview a couple of days after that. And I've been amazing. Like I'm in a position now and I work for a company that I love doing. And it's a complete different industry than what I did before. And like mm -hmm. it was definitely a moment for me where it was just like I just woke up and it was like there was no like 
big thing that happened yeah. or a blow up or anything. It was just like, this isn't serving me anymore. Yeah, it's usually a cumulative. What mm-hmm. I'm hearing from other people and listening and talking and sharing stories about their 30 pause moment yeah. too. It's cumulative. Mm-hmm. It's never just one thing. Yeah. You know, it always kind of leads up and then you're just like, fuck, I'm tired. Yep. I'm tired and I'm tired of being tired and I need to do something else. Like, Definitely. you know, and you have to usually make some drastic decisions in order to do that. So for you, that was the move here and probably your separation, I'm assuming. Yeah. I think for me, that was probably my move here back to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And then even, you know, before that, too. Um, It's funny because it's never just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's. But and then it's amazing too how once you do make that decision and, and do that pivot and commit to it, how much other things seem to fall in place in life. Like right. it's not just like you said, it's not just one thing that kind of is the catalyst, and it's not just one thing that's affected by it. Therefore, after either, it really starts becoming this thing where you have more energy for other things because you're not as bogged down by work. So mm-hmm. now you're doing and you're in a better mood to go out and do different things and right. add new experiences, and everything just works out. And I think that's ultimately like why I wanted to have this conversation on the segment is, is yeah. that don't be afraid. It kind of all just works out if you it, trust it. And also don't be afraid and do what you want to do and just kind of feel the fear and do it anyways. Mm-hmm. That's what I always quote, told myself, just like feel the fear and do it anyways. Just yeah. keep doing it. Just keep doing it. But I also find that, um, you know, you kind of reflect back and you're just like, well, shit, I guess I did do that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you are kind of like patting yourself on the back and you're like, cool. And then, but then you, I don't, for me, and I speak for myself, like I, there are times of doubt. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But then nobody really does. Yeah. And I don't think we are ever going to really know. You know what I mean? Like and that's fully okay. have it together or fully know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think our millennial generation are just the ones that are like finally saying, yeah, we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. And we were also handed a shit sandwich. We were told to go to college because you'd get a great job. We don't have those. We were told if you do A, B, and C, you're going to be able to buy a house. Half of us don't have those. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all of those things that it was just like, fuck, we were lied to completely. And you don't know what you're doing either. And you're 55. So boom, we're in the same boat. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. And I think too, like we're the first generation that is really just at the point where we're okay saying, you know what? Fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, quit. I, yeah, yeah. I quit. I quit. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I don't have another job right now, but I'm gonna. I'll, I'm I'll gonna figure, figure it out. It out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's thirty pause. Thirty pause. And I tried my damnedest to really get a job like before I left too. Mm-hmm. And I was. I too had like three or four interviews at a at a theater um back where I live in Fort Wayne and. And I was like, oh, I'm totally going to get it. I mean, I worked at the Southeast, the largest, you know, performing arts center in the Southeast. Why wouldn't they hire me? Like, <laughs> you know, I kind of had like a big like ego when it came to like theater because I was moving to, you know, a smaller city. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was just like, you gonna be a big, you know, big like, woman on campus. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> you know, I did tons of events and we did Broadway shows and. Um, you know, we did the Hamilton educational project. Like I have all of that on my resume and I was just like, oh, I can handle events at this small theater. Totally. And when I didn't get hired, I was like, excuse me. "Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Why not? Hello. You know? And that kind of knocks you down and makes you humble a little bit too. And I was like, well, shit, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. So I literally can thankfully get a job always bartending always serving kind of doing that and that's what i did i was like i don't want to go back to it but i know how to do it i can fucking make cocktails with my eyes closed like it's not a big deal just go back and do it and when i did that then i started working at a law office and i was like apparently i'm a paralegal now like (laughs) you know like this is crazy it's just you know and now i'm working in you know real estate and stuff like that so it's just like it's just funny because once you think you got it and you know, jobs and things like that. Yeah. And then you don't get them. And you're like, why'd you pick the other part? Like humble you real quick, humble you real quick. And like, like it just reminds me to just like tell my ego to shut up. Shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got nothing left for you. You got anything left? That's it. Just tune into 30 pause. Give me your I'm social excited. media. Yeah. So 30 pause is just the, the handle for the show. Mm hmm three zero and then pause all one word 
or you can follow me on my personal account, Heather Sue Clark. Nothing, um, nothing as cool as CEO Hayes. I keep it pretty, <laughs> pretty real on my, um, on my both personal pages. And then of course, um, I'm gonna finish up. I'm wrapping up season one. So, and I'm talking about my 30 pause moments. So I've had guests and things like that about our 30 pause moments. I talk about all the things that really was the idea of, of 30 pause, but these last few episodes are all going to be about me. So deep breaths and I'll this. be releasing that soon. I'll probably actually release it Monday, which is tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, so just tune in. I'm available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Thank you. Appreciate it. See, That's if I just, for. if we just keep this going, I'm going to keep, keep on learning. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, that too. All right, cool. I'm so green to it all, but at the same time, I'm just like, Fuck yes. I'm really proud of myself that I actually accomplished 20 episodes. That's what I wanted to do for the first season. Mm -hmm. Now there's a whole new goal list of where I want to take this. And it's still, and I told myself, as long as I'm having fun, I'm going to keep doing it. The day it stops being fun, where I feel like it's going to be work, mm -hmm. I don't want to do it anymore. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. Well, that's it. You guys make sure you go and follow her. Uh, matter of fact, I would love to hear your guys' 30 pause moment. And you can yeah. send that in to theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail if you want to do so at 614-547-2039. This has been another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. We're out. This has been a presentation of the Break Media. Bitches love podcasting.